Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another semi-fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. Name's Chuck. What's up, man? How's it going? across from me is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, running for president, I hear. (laughs) Are you announcing that on today's show? I'm going to announce tomorrow morning. I got something important to say about it. Um, Mm. Can't tell anyone. Oh, sorry. uh, What it is. That I let the mouse out of the cheese bag? I'm going to... Yes. That's exactly how I would have described it as Mm. well. That's right. Uh, This is uh, Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. presidential announcements. Yeah, presidential stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to just do a complete debate recap today. That's it. No, I'm kidding. I have not seen a single clip from the debate last night. Wait, there was a debate last night? Yeah. And Trump held his Iowa town hall. (laughs) Yep. Yep. How many people do you think watched the debate versus watched Trump's town hall on Fox News? I might say half a million people watched the debate on CNN. I have no clue, but and maybe then, a million. And then 20 million people turned yeah, into Trump. Probably 20 million for Trump's thing. <laughs> I wish we could get the numbers on that. Well, I'm sure we will eventually. Yeah. But yeah, there was a debate. I'm, I'm kidding. This is not a debate recap. I have not seen a single clip from it. I didn't even watch a clip from Trump's thing, uh, the town hall last night. Because honestly, I just don't care. It's all just so fake. I just don't care. Charlie watched some. You watched some of the Trump thing last night. I did. Yeah. How did? How? Tell me how. He just gave the same answer basically. I, I had it recorded, and I spent about fifteen minutes, kind of skimming through there. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't sit down. Oh, we've already got the data, by the way. Thank you, Tactical Warlock. Four point three million people watched Trump. On Fox, and roughly two and a half million people watched uh, the CNN debate between Haley and DeSantis. Yeah. So I just don't want to let the uh, misinformation hang out there for too long. Yeah. Go back to what you were saying. I skimmed through it. Okay. I didn't sit down and watch it. I didn't, you know. Did you find it satisfying? Did you learn a lot of new stuff? No. No? I heard a lot of excuses (laughs) from Trump because they, they asked him some tough questions. Did they? Which I thought was fair. Yeah, they asked him like, okay, you know, you said you said that we were going to have the greatest economy and, and we were going to pay down the debt and do those things. And Trump went on a little tangent about how he was the only president in the last 72 years who never started a war. Okay. And that right up until COVID, he had the greatest economy in the history of American economy. And he was about to. And he was about to because we became energy in, uh, independent. And we were leading the world in energy production. Mm. So we were about to sell gas. I think he said gas was like $1.78 a gallon. That was during COVID. But it's pushing yeah. it, but that's what he claimed. <laughs> and uh, we were about to start selling energy to the world to pay down our debts. But he said, then this little thing, COVID happened. Mm-hmm. They pushed him on Dr. Fauci. They're like, well, you, you know, he was part of your administration. He was like, he wasn't that important in my administration. <laughs> I'm like, hang on a second. I remember watching the press conferences every day. Every day. You were up there with Dr. Fauci and you were saying, listen to the experts. You were you were up there <laughs> saying, listen to the experts too. You know? But he kept saying, well, he became much more important after my presidency. After they, after the, you know, after Biden came in, mm-hmm. he became much more important. So do vaccine mandates and things and he's like, like that. I never shut down the economy. I just, I told the governors to do what they needed to do. And he's like, and we had... We had some good governors, like North Dakota, 
or South Dakota. Did he say Florida? Did he say Ron DeSantis? Uh, he, no. Well, he did say Florida. Yeah, he's okay. like in Florida okay. and Tennessee, which I think Tennessee shut down, but eh, not that we, much. We didn't shut down I mean, as much as not other like a places. lot of other yeah. places. Anyway, yeah, he basically had the same answer for every question. He had this little spiel that he went on about how he was the greatest president in the world anybody's ever seen. He saved thousands of lives. Of course. Uh, he did. Yeah, just him. By uh, by signing the the Tri Act, by allowing people to euthanize themselves, essentially. Uh, <laughs> the tri- <laughs> I don't or, think that's exactly sorry, what that is. Allowed to take the experimental right, medication. The right to try, yeah. The right to try, yeah. Which, which people should have. If you're, they should, and that was a good thing that he did, but he said that I, he's like, I saved mm-hmm. I saved thousands of lives by doing that. Well, we, and we appreciate him for that. Yeah. Anyhow, you see... That was the recap. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And I, I honestly, I, I'm bored right now, even thinking about it at the moment. He called Ron uh, DeSanctimonious. That's good. He said DeSanctimonious up there. He said he's not worried about any of the polling. Nikki Haley, surging. Yeah. Chris, he wasn't worried about Chris Christie saying that. Did you well, see Chris, where Chris well, Christie said he was going to do anything he could to stop Trump from well, being the next president? Well, Christie dropped out. Yeah, but he also said that yeah. he was going to do everything he could to keep Aftershocks Trump. were felt all the way here in Tennessee. <laughs> From the drop. <laughs> Did you see him say that he was going to do anything to keep Trump to keep Trump from being the next president? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. No. Um, good luck to him. I don't know. Oh, uh, important announcement, I guess, by someone. We'll see. Uh, what do you think it's going to be, Charlie? What's your money on? And people in the Fed Haters Club and the live group hanging out with us right now. Rand Paul... Uh, sounded off. The text here says, I've stayed out of the Republican presidential primary so far, but I've seen enough. That's why tomorrow morning I will have something important to say. Don't miss it. Hmm. Now this, it's... He clearly hasn't seen enough, otherwise he would have just said it. Yeah. He he can see a little bit more. (laughs) He needs to see a little bit more tonight. Yeah. Before tomorrow morning. Um. The, That's a great marketing tactic. He's trending. Right he's now. actually trending on like the trending part of it. Not, not just the for you. He's mm-hmm. on, he's on the actual trending part. Uh, like worldwide. 1.6 million views on this so far since he posted it two hours ago. Here's what he said. Which is kind of unusual for me. Hey, everybody. As you know, I've been pretty quiet about the presidential race, which is kind of unusual for me. But tune in tomorrow morning and I've got something very important to say on the presidential race. Okay, that's it. Mm. It's a 13 second video. It says absolutely nothing except for that tomorrow. Lots of speculation out there. Mm-hmm. Seeing lots of tweets of him being somebody's VP pick. VP pick. I've seen them say Vivek, DeSantis, Trump. Ever, basically any of everyone. Them, any of them. I haven't seen Nikki Haley. I don't know. No, that's not. Um, Would you vote for Nikki Haley? I've seen people if, say that he's going to enter the race. I don't think that's no, going to happen. I don't see that at all. Uh, I put I've money seen, on that one. I've seen people say he's going to endorse someone. That would be the simplest answer yeah. is that he's just going to endorse someone. Who do you think he would endorse? I want your money where your mouth is right now. Only we don't have to have any money and you don't actually have to put anything in your mouth. What do you think? Who do you think he's going to endorse? Well, if I go by history, it'll be Trump. I'd, he he endorsed Trump last time. The easiest answer is that it's going to be Trump. We were talking beforehand. The problem, here's the thing, though. It's difficult to say, to, to know what he's, it's difficult to speculate because the tweet, the words in his tweet mm-hmm. are interesting when he says, I've seen enough. Seen enough of what? 
could just mean he's seen enough of President Joe Biden's terrible economy or whatever, or the, mm. the, the, the uh, lunatic left or whatever type of mad libs you want to throw in front of it. Um, so that could be the case. Uh, endorsing Trump would be the, the smart political move because if anyone on the Republican side is going to win, it's uh, going to be Trump. And so endorsing Trump would be a smart political move because he would be the most likely Republican to be the next president. And that would help you. Maybe he gets in the, uh, maybe he gets a cabinet position or He's something like that. He's kind of growing his hair out like Trump. Yeah. <laughs> it's blown in the wind. Very similar. I'm pretty gray. He's yeah. get, he must be getting up there. Hmm. Actually, he's not getting up there because he's the, he's the exact same age as my mom. So hmm. young, still very young. Um, Extremely. If he was Trump's VP pick, would you vote for Trump? No. Really? No. I still can't vote for Trump. Really? I can't do it. If Rand Paul were his VP pick, what do people say in the live group? Inside my soul, I just, I don't think I could do it. Hmm. Although... Do you think Rand Paul stopped Trump from war, essentially? I do. I think that he, yes, I do think that he calmed him down on Iran quite a bit. Um, And so I, a lot of people, a lot of libertarians were giving Rand Paul a tough time because he was buddy-buddy with Trump during that time. I actually liked it a lot. I liked the fact that Paul was staying close enough to him to whisper in his ear every once in a while. It's actually very beneficial uh, to have that. Uh, A couple people say, let's see, we got a yep um, people saying they're going to vote Libertarian Party. Can I just vote for Rand Paul? Sure could, you write, can. could write him in. I wrote him in in um, 2016. You know, I didn't vote for Trump and I didn't vote for Gary Johnson. Mm-mm. I just wrote him Rand Paul. I did vote for Jorgensen in the last election. Technically, I voted for Spike Cohen. So, <laughs> but technically. Because you, you wouldn't ever vote for a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I understand. <laughs> How crazy that would be. I just want everyone to be clear. I was voting for the man that was on the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so. Who now uh, has a pet cat? I've seen. Great. Yeah. <laughs> He's. I've seen him go viral on Facebook and Twitter for this cat. Oh, okay. He's had like millions of views and thousands of comments. You're talking about Spike Cohen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll check out. I'll check out his cat. Yeah. Um, I would I would vote for Trump if Paul was the VP pick, but I don't mm. think that's going to be the announcement. I don't think that that. Uh, may, I mean, it could be like in my in my uh, libertarian dream world. That sounds fun, uh, but we'll see. Maybe it's just going to be an endorsement. Maybe he's going to be a VP pick. Uh, maybe it's going to be nothing. Who ba- knows? Bailey said that she's a woman, and so she's not going to vote because she's standing up for what she believes in. She's holding to her which principles. Is that Look women. at that which is the repeal of the 19th. Be the change you want to see in yeah. the world. And But she like says that. if she does vote, she's writing in Jesus. Okay. So. I like Jesus. Hernandez? Like, what's his last name? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. Oh. He's all right with me. Yeah. He's uh, good. All right. I uh, want to get into something we all talked about. This is something that we should we should talk about here. Yesterday, Charlie, I don't know if you remember, but we talked about Sally Girl. I do remember that. And so... Sally Girl, if you weren't here and if you haven't seen it on Twitter, she asked about libertarians. And she said, talk to me about libertarians. They scare the s out of me with what appears to be extreme selfishness, but maybe it's something else. What am I missing? Why do they seem so hostile to the idea of the common good? 
Now, we responded to her in our episode yesterday. And I cut up a nice little video, little seven-minute video. And since you couldn't comment on our post because people were being mean to her, I retweeted, quote tweeted, and put the video in there. And she watched it. And she responded. And uh, if, if you didn't see the video or if you didn't listen to yesterday, I, we were civil. We were nice. We legitimately tried to answer the question. We legitimately tried to make our case for libertarianism and why libertarians believe what they believe. We weren't combative. We didn't call people names. We weren't, we weren't churlish at all. And uh, we made something that we wanted her to watch and consider the answers that we gave. And so anyhow, she said, I don't know who you are, but you've actually made me cry. Now, this has always been a goal of mine when I respond to people on Twitter, but I, I am surprised that it took us saying something nice for that to happen. Um, she said, I don't know who you are, but you've actually made me cry. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me, for noticing my words. Thank you for not crucifying me. Thank you for educating me. Your kindness and respect mean so much to me. I hope you have a fantastic day. So Charlie, let me ask you something. Is this how we should try and talk to people on the internet? Yes. Okay. The way we did? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think we did See, a See, this is like my most important conversation to I have today. I think we did a, a decent <laughs> job. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on to something else. I, th I think we did. <laughs> no, I was reading here. She took a test and she came back moderate. She's I on, saw that. She's on the Liberty side. <laughs> um, I was just catching up on, on what she was talking about. And um, look, I, I think you have to treat people as people. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're asking genuine questions. Especially then. Yeah. Yeah. When people are genuinely curious, you don't you don't try to beat them up. Like especially when someone's coming with an open mind saying, Hey, help me out here. And given the benefit of the doubt on the way that they asked the question. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. If she had not done that, if she had asked the question in a different way, like what's up with these dumbass libertarians? She might have made dumb bleep of the week. People like this <laughs> scare the bleep out of me yeah. with their extreme selfishness. Why do they? Why are they so hostile to the common good and they want people to die every day that could be saved? Now, if she, if she would have asked the question like that, we probably would have responded in a different way, I would bet. Uh, but be, So there's two things here. One, the way that you ask a question or the way that you start off a conversation does determine most of the time the way the rest of the conversation is going to go. Trust me, I've talked to my wife about this several mm -hmm. times. Okay. The, the manner in which you address the situation and you're going to elicit a particular response from the person that you're talking to, uh, judge, you know, depending on the way that you ask a question. And, but does that have to be the case? Because most people aren't going to ask questions like this. Most people are going to do what we do on Twitter, which is call people names and make fun of them. <laughs> well, so should we be the bigger people and try to respond to people like this all the time? Would that actually move the needle? Well, I think that we responded the way we did because of, she seemed genuinely curious. Yeah. If you're talking to someone who just tells you that you're wrong and they're not going to listen to a single word. They're only listening to respond rather than to, than to actually try to understand something. Then you're really, 
I've always taken the position that you're going to argue with that person, not to try to convince that person, but for anybody who might be reading the conversation, you know, they could read the conversation and they could be like, huh, what the Liberty person saying makes more sense than what this idiot saying, calling people names. So I think you should always, should always try to be respectful for the most part. (laughs) Keep that in mind (laughs) while we go through other things. Unless it's people like Robert Reich and, you know, people who are knowingly profiting and manipulating and manipulating people, the narcissist. But what about the people who follow him, who could see the response? And if we did, if we crafted the response in a more manipulative way, (laughs) we could actually get them to listen and truly hear what we're saying Mm. instead of just seeing it as a fight. You know what I mean? Cause what, so she says that libertarians scare her. And uh, I sent a little email blast with this exchange earlier. And I said at the end of it that we need to realize that most people are like Sally girl. They're scared. Even if they approach the situation by name calling and whatever else, they're actually just scared. Maybe libertarians are scared of a tyrannical government destroying everyone's lives. Mm. And that's why we talk about things the way that we do. And maybe other people who call people names uh, on the internet are, are also scared about what would happen, but they, all, they, just, they don't understand that they are seeing things the wrong way or we haven't done a good enough job making our case uh, with them. When I saw her response, I was like, man, this is the way to do it. You know, we could have, not that she's going to go join the LP or whatever. I don't expect that because I haven't even done that, you know. <laughs> but what if that sticks in her mind and later on she uh, has a, an epiphany, you know, and like, oh, I see people saying crazy stuff about libertarians, but, you know, actually they, these one guy said that uh, while this sounds good, it could make things worse. And what if there was a way that things could actually be better? And it's not these things. And, you know, a couple of years from now, she's a, I, a I, listener and she's in the Fed Haters Club. I did see her say that she has a lot of reading to do. Mm-hmm. She's going to do some reading and educate herself. Yeah. That's where it starts. And you pick up a book by Ron Paul or, <laughs> or Thomas Sowell, even Milton Friedman. Whatever, you start diving into some stuff and you're like, oh, this makes sense. What was it that broke through for you that caused you to be a libertarian or go down that path? It was Ron Paul. Yeah. Yeah, it was his debates and then, uh, is it Define Liberty? Defined Liberty? Liberty Defined. Liberty Defined. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since I read it. (laughs) Liberty Defined. And so that's kind of what led me down that path. Can I tell you what mine was? I've said it before on the show, but do you remember what it is? Well, we all want to know what Nate's is. <laughs> yeah. No, it was Please nine, tell us. It was 9-11. No, tell it. it was, Please tell us. It was 9-11 don't, conspiracy theories. Don't hold up. I was a 9-11 truther <laughs> for a little bit. For, a, you know, a rough patch. <laughs> Who got you into that? YouTube. Okay. You know, I ran into some video. You just ran into some misinformation and... and, and, <laughs> and you see what misinformation does? <laughs> Misinformation creates libertarians. <laughs> the question of, you know, whether or not jet fuel can melt steel beams, it's still, you know, it boggles the mind. No, that's not. So I moved on from that because I've also accepted that 
uh, I don't know any more than anyone else does, really. Except for the people who did it. it yeah, except for them. <laughs> except for all those contractors that helped pour the concrete you know, I heard years this, beforehand. Real quick on conspiracy theories, I heard this thing about how, uh, if you have kids listening, please, <laughs> this, is a, this is a fair warning to kids, okay? My son's not here, so I'm free to say this. If you have kids listening, you got to pause or, or skip whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. But I heard... <laughs> I heard someone say that, you know, think about 9-11 or what, how many people would they have to get involved to like all say the same story? And then someone brought up a good point about Santa Claus. Mm, Like mm. how many people are in (laughs) on that? Everyone sells that lie. NORAD's got a a Galdorn tracker you can look up. That's government misinformation right Uh there. And we're all like, oh yeah, government, give me that. Tell my kids this misinformation. The tooth fairy, (laughs) you know? Parker started losing teeth, which is fun. It's fun age. That's and, great. And uh, man, do you do do you do the tooth fairy thing? Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm I'm not a I'm not a parent, and so my non-parenting brain, I can say whatever I want and you'll act never, like I would be different. He'll never understand. You know, but I'll never truly understand. I'm gonna stick by my idea that telling your kids that there's like this. I had mythical, let's go with Santa Claus, like a mythical person up at the North Pole and these people that can create any good that you want in the world, anything you want. It doesn't matter. There's no money needs to change hands, nothing like that. They just, you just believe and they can create and everyone gets everything that they want on this magical day in December. I just, it sounds like a little precursor for them thinking Karl Marx had good ideas. What, you about, know? what about Jesus? I, you believe? You I have, get, to have faith? I'm not getting physical goods and services from a, from a <laughs> mythical Jesus running around. I'll tell you that. I'm talking about economics right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's dangerous. It's, it's fun. It's so fun. That's what makes it, like, that's the Christmas magic. I gotcha. Like, when you, when you see, like, if <laughs> it's you were... It's too late to be talking hey, Christmas. Listen, why don't you come next year? Okay. I've seen, I've been, I've got nieces and nephews. Stay I've the seen. night. No, stay the night. Help us make cookies. Stay the night with us. And in the morning when he comes down the stairs. Yeah. And he sees the fact that Santa ate the cookies and drank the milk. And his face lights up and he goes, oh my God. And he starts telling you the story about how he came down the chimney and the reindeer foods going out the back door. Mm-hmm. They, the reindeer food, they must have ate outside. And he's telling you this whole story and his face is all lit up. That's what it's about. Mm. Selfish for parents. <laughs> it's you just know? to make you. It's to make have me a good happy. time. I feel so much joy. You could just give them presents and they'd be fine. I you wouldn't have to keep so up much this joy. Lie. Listening to my son lie <laughs> every Christmas morning. Lying to your son and lying back and watching him live in your false reality you've created. Anyway, I say all that to say. Okay, there's some truth to conspiracy theories, <laughs> and a huge group of people can all keep a secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reason it worked for me was because it broke open the part of my brain that said the government could be lying about everything. And once I realized that whatever the narrative was from the government could be false, that was the idea that stuck. It didn't stick on 9-11 truth or whatever. The idea that stuck was that I can't believe everything they say. And once that broke, that's why they can't tell you when they're wrong. That's why they can't admit mistakes is because when that breaks right there, it leads down a path of libertarianism. And how much trust was broken during COVID? I mean, the, I think it opened a ton of people's eyes to they, be like, we for, can't 
trust the government. People who normally don't pay attention to politics. Mm-hmm. We're now paying attention to politics and we're like, oh my God, the government's lying. What else are they lying about? And that could happen. Like it, it's, it's worse. It's been. What about Judge Andrew Napolitano's five minute speech that got him fired from fire? <laughs> That's not really how he got fired. Fired but, from Fox. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he went on a whole tangent. Mm-hmm. Then he wrote a book called 12 Lies the Government Has Told You. That was a good book. Great book. Mm-hmm. All of that definitely solidified my libertarianism. I, I would recommend that book to anyone who hasn't, who uh, hasn't read it. It's good. Um, anyhow, uh, I feel like this is maybe something that we should all aspire to is getting this kind of interaction and the way that we talk to people. And we're not going to do this all the time. Okay. I'm about to call out a bunch of idiots here in just a little bit. I fully plan on making fun of people's ideas coming up here Mm -hmm. and trying to get them to retreat from the world and never show their faces again. (laughs) You know, that's the nicest way I could say it. Um, You're all about the shame game. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but you don't care what Brene Brown says. Maybe we could do a, maybe we could attempt to do a better job, especially when we see an opportunity, a potential opportunity to manipulate someone into believing what we believe. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> speaking of, oh, this is a random one. Maybe we should go to a government lie first, and then I want to show you this article. Uh, so right now, Fauci. Well, folks, as many of you know, back in 2017, my wife and I bought a house in. Nashville, Tennessee. It was a massive risk, but it's turned into a massive asset for the two of us. We spent tons of time and money remodeling and making this place our own, a comfortable place to carry us into the future with our little nieces and nephews and our family coming to visit all the time. Things like this are worth protecting, and making an estate plan now means we can gain security and peace of mind for ourselves and our loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $159. Go to trustandwill.com slash GML for 10% off plus free document shipping. We're currently using Trust and Will's simple-to-use website to build our will. I'm amazed by how easy this website makes it to do something that's so important. Think about it. If something happens to my wife and I and we don't have a will, who gets to decide what happens to our assets? The government. Uh, no, thank you. I don't trust them to even resurface the roads that go to my house, let alone decide what happens to my biggest asset after I'm gone. I've seen it happen with other members of my family when they passed. They didn't have a will, and man, was it a mess for their family to get everything sorted out afterwards. I know it's not something we like to think about, but it can happen to any of us at any time. Get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust and Will, an overall rating of excellent and thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and used by hundreds of thousands of families and counting. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash gml. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash GML. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, it's January, so everyone's thinking, new year, new me, right? But what if there are some things that you're already doing right and could just be expanded on? I started keeping a calendar at the end of last year, trying to get better organized with my crazy life schedule. Maybe you're like Charlie and you've already shed 80 pounds of extra weight and you just have a little further to go. Well, therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. 
As you know, I've done therapy in the past and found it to be extremely helpful. It's not just for those that have major trauma, although it's perfect for that too. But it's also for people that want to learn positive coping skills and how to set healthy boundaries and how to be the best, the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML is uh, doing these closed-door hearings in, in Congress and admitted in one of the recent meetings that the six-feet social distancing thing was just made up. <laughs> so it just kind of appeared, and it lacked scientific basis. Uh, now that we're not getting videos from these meetings, these are closed-door meetings, and so they're, they're trying to grill them. I don't think we're even getting all of the, the transcripts and all that right now. We're getting little reports of what happens inside these meetings. Uh, so it says, Dr. Anthony Fauci confessed to lawmakers Tuesday that guidelines to keep six feet of separation, ostensibly to limit the spread of COVID-19, quote, sort of just appeared, end quote, without scientific input. And around the world, it was two meters. Mm. Yeah. Which is almost a little six, more, a little more than six, a little feet. More than yeah, six feet, two meters. Uh, Fauci, 83, revealed to the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic that the six feet apart recommendation championed by him and U other U.S. public health officials was likely not based on scientific data. Now, you might think, well, okay, wasn't based on scientific data. It just sort of appeared. They went with it. Who cares? Not a big deal. We're just talking about six feet of distance between people. Can't that be good? Why would that be a bad thing? It was a really bad thing because that was one of the main reasons schools remain closed because, I mean, listen. They couldn't practice proper social distancing. You can't fit the same amount of children in a classroom when all of the kids have to be six feet apart. Like when you have 25 kids in a classroom and it was tight beforehand in a lot of schools, you can't fit all of them in there. And so this was a one of the pretty important factors because they couldn't practice proper social distancing. So you get pictures like this that we're showing if you want to watch the video on YouTube of kids sitting six feet apart, um, wearing masks, things like that. Of course, they're in a much bigger room right here because it's got to have room for all of the kids uh, to be in there. I pulled up some article headlines. What is social distancing and how can it slow the spread of COVID-19? Uh, latest guidance from the CDC and Johns Hop Hops Hopkins. I always want to say Hopskins. Hopskins. Hopkins experts on measures to curtail the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, is six feet far enough for social distancing? Here's what the science says. Maybe it should be more than six feet. Mm. I don't know. Uh, you tell me. Uh, I think everyone needs to stay in their own homes. Yeah. And never leave them again. And stay six feet away from your family yeah. inside the home also. Uh, and then this one says, it's time to get serious about social distancing. Here's how. This is from March 17th, 2020, mm. way back when. One thing I was going to, oh, on the, on the previous conversation, you were talking about learning about all the COVID lies. And a lot of people, I think that is going to wake people up to the idea that the government can lie to you. It also takes time. Like, it, I didn't just watch a YouTube video and then I was a libertarian immediately afterwards. You know, it, it takes 
a few years for this to happen. He didn't start a podcast in 2010. No, no. <laughs> uh, first Good Morning Liberty episode was in May of 2019. Just looked it up last night. So just so you know, mm. May of 2019. We Which had another less one. Less than a year before COVID struck. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, the, yes, the government can lie to you. And also they get this thing that has no scientific basis behind it. And then they just run with it and it becomes gospel. It becomes etched in stone. You know, it's something that everyone has to follow. It, be, it becomes something that millions of children, one of the reasons that millions of children can't do in-person learning because there's not room for all the kids and everyone just follows it mm-hmm. because the CDC is saying six feet, social distance. John it, Hopkins. Hopkins, yeah. Lymphoma mm-hmm. even said it. And then you find out that, oh, it was just kind of made up. <laughs> we didn't have any reason. We, just, we said something good. Yeah. And we, someone said it and we were like, okay, sounds good. Whatever. People sold stickers that they put <laughs> on the grocery store. Oh, I found Floors. Just they, lines. People got in fights. At the airport. For being in there within six feet of them. Yeah. When you go to a gas station now, most people still distance. I noticed that. When I go to stand in a line at a gas station, people are Pepper still, sprayed, yeah. People are still distant. They're not, you're not right next to each other in lines anymore. No. It's, it's so interesting. It's wild stuff. Um, and so just keep in mind, the government can lie to you. And I'm looking forward to all of the other things that we're going to find out uh, as they continue grilling Fauci. This was an interesting story that I saw on the WAPO and I looked it up. Uh, to figure out what the what the heck was actually going on. This Austrian, I read it as Australian first time because I Googled the population of Australia and all kinds of stuff. And I looked back at it, I was like, it says Austrian. Gosh dang it. Yeah. Aust- Ger- Germany, basically. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Austria. Yeah. Go ahead, Charlie. All right. Austrian heiress Marlene Inglehorn announces plan for a 25 million euro giveaway. It's about $27 million is what it comes out to. All right. So uh, she's setting up a citizens group to decide how she should give away much of the fortune she inherited from her grandmother. She's 31 and lives in Vienna, (laughs) not to be confused with Vienna, which is in Illinois for all you local Illinoisans, uh, wants 50 Austrians to determine how her um, 25 million euro uh, of her inheritance should be redistributed. She said, I have inherited a fortune and therefore power without having done anything for it. And the state doesn't even want taxes on it. Um, Austria abolished their inheritance tax in 2008 because they hate poor people. (laughs) One of the handful of European countries that do not impose inheritance tax or death duties. Miss Inglehorn believes that is unfair. Yeah, very unfair. Okay, Miss Inglehorn. She wants to be taxed. She's upset about not being taxed. Why don't you just give your money to the government then? Well, she's given away almost all of her money. She is a descendant of Friedrich Inglehorn, the founder of German chemical and pharmaceutical company, BASF. <laughs> B-A-S-F. It's a pretty big company. It is a big company. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen their st- I've seen their stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're everywhere. I've heard of them. Um, she inherited millions when her grandmother died in September of 2022. Um, the wealth was estimated, um, by us magazine Forbes at 4.2 billion. And even before she died, her great, her granddaughter had declared that she wanted to hand out about 
of her inheritance. Keep 10% she for wants, the big guy. She wants to keep 10% still. For the big guy. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she's given away $27 million, but listen, she's still going to live in a mansion and she's still going to keep millions of dollars, essentially. Um, and she's probably going to live off of this organization she's creating with the money also, <laughs> just so you guys know. But here's what's actually happening, because you mentioned, Charlie, why don't she just give all the money to the government? Yeah, why not? Because she's upset. Remember, she just... She's upset that the government doesn't have taxes set up for this, for an inheritance tax or death duties. And so she has decided to take 90% of the money that she has and start her own foundation where people are going to decide what they should do with the money. It would be much easier if she just gave the money to the government because that's what she is arguing should have been done in the first place. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have to start this organization that we're about to fill describe. Out the, fill, wouldn't have to fill out the paperwork. No paperwork. Less trees die in the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, and no, no, she she still wants other people to decide what's going to be done with the money, not people in the government, which is yeah. the entire point. Yeah. Well, she better <clears> pick <throat> all black people. That's what I'm saying. All the black people in Austria. Well, so they're going to send out 10,000 invitations and essentially going to pick 50 people to run this organization, uh, 15 substitute members. And it says if the uh, if the politicians don't do their job and redistribute, then I have to redistribute my wealth myself. Oh, my God. Now, the politicians aren't not redistributing the wealth. They're just not taking the wealth from her. You give it to them, uh, they're going to spend it. It's going to get redistributed. They'll distribute it for you. Now, what she has decided is that she doesn't like what the politicians are going to do with her money if she gives it to them. Oh. And so she wants to start her own organization with like-minded people who are going to decide what to do with that money instead. But she still thinks they should tax. She is still fighting for the money to be taken from people. By the politicians that she doesn't like. Against their will and then not giving them the money still because she doesn't like what they would do with the money. Can we have a conversation with this person? (laughs) Can you have an open-minded, rational conversation with someone like this? Is she a she? Well, uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. As they say, haircuts don't lie, but... (laughs) Sometimes they do yeah. in today's day and age. And by the way, we've I'm pretty we've talked about this sign before. It was a, on a dumb bleep, but she's at Davos or Davos holding a sign that says "In Tax We Trust," mm. which is that's a choice. That's a, that's that's definitely a sign mm-hmm. that you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're not doing that today, right? <laughs> oh, um, maybe she's not an idiot. Maybe she just deep down now, realizes. My question: The fortune was estimated to be four point two billion. Well, that was just her her so, grandmother's fortune. There could be plenty of different grandchildren. So her cuts like it's got to be tons of kids. One hundred fifty million. <laughs> yeah. Wait. No. Her cuts. Her cuts like two hundred million. She gives away ninety percent. Well, the ninety percent is supposed to be this twenty-seven million. So oh. she didn't get a lot of money. Apparently, I don't know. No. The thing she's actually not being super upfront about how much money she has. I looked it up. You can't actually find how much money she has. She said that she wants to give away ninety percent, and she's um, probably keeping like four billion in the estate, <laughs> right? Remember, it's her grandmother who had the four point two billion dollar fortune. No, but her grandmother died. Yeah, but she, there's probably plenty of family members that that all got separated between. Mm. You know what I mean? And just this one is the. Uh, 
uh, crazy person. <laughs> Damn, I, that was me trying to be yeah. nice. Mm. Just then. Well, listen to how this is going to work. Uh, they're going to put this whole thing together with 50 people. The group will be asked to contribute their ideas in order to jointly develop solutions in the interests of society as a whole. Now, what is this group's incentive going to be? <laughs> to take as long as possible to figure out what to do with the money while they're making a salary. Charlie, that is a genius <laughs> response because they get paid around $1,300 for every weekend they get together to the side what to do with this person's money and, and their the travel costs are covered. travel costs are covered food all that child care all kinds of stuff are going to be covered and so yeah they they do want to take as long as possible now what if okay there was another rule in here let me see <clears throat> um she, she says she has no veto rights um and she and basically <laughs> if they can't come up with a widely supported decision on what to do with the money then the money goes back to miss inglehorn <laughs> Yeah, if they can't decide what to do with the money, it goes back. Now, listen, she says this is a service to democracy. Mm. Not giving the money to the government, handpicking 50 people to decide how to properly distribute her money towards whatever it is that they want to do. That's the service to democracy, not just giving the money to the government, which is what your entire argument is, should have been done in the first yeah. place. I guarantee you they'll take a check. They'll do it. They will. They'll probably take yeah. Bitcoin. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. They'll take it from you. Oh, boy. You could just give them your <clears> bank <throat> account number. Yeah. They'll just <laughs> They've already got it. that. Yeah, they'll siphon it. All you have to do is say, hey, take this out. And they already know your information. Um, uh. Her team has not confirmed how much she's holding back. Uh, this is talking about her giving away 90%, although it said she was retaining some kind of financial buffer. Uh, six Probably years. a house, <laughs> a butler. <laughs> She's going to be fine. Yeah. Everything she has is paid off and she'll be able to live on the interest with the millions. She's still going to keep for herself uh, and going to be able to feel good in the process. You know, I just wanted to point out that even at the end of the day, these people who are arguing that the money should go to the government, don't just turn around and give it to the government because they still and their darkest, deepest heart of hearts know that they or people like them can better decide what to do with that money than the government because they don't like what the government's doing it with doing with it either. Oh, how the irony strikes the fire. <laughs> I know it's a random story for today, but I just thought that was really cool. That's all we got. That's all we got. I thought today. that was great. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Fun stuff. Mm. That's poor girl. <clears throat> poor, poor. She's gonna be so poor after this. No, and I mean like poor girl, like I feel sorry for her that she's burdened no, I with know. this fortune mm -hmm. that she now herself has to figure out how to give away. That must be tough. Whew. You some just don't people, know. Some people just have it rough out. You yeah. know, some people are face down in a ditch right now after shooting up a bad batch of heroin, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ho hoping the paramedics come by yeah. to give them some Narcan. Yep. But that's not as bad as no, single. This is way worse. Those people have no clue how bad life can this get. This woman's in a kerfuffle if I've ever heard one. Yeah. That's a rough patch for her. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she, uh, I feel bad. That's a fake smile. I can tell. I can tell it's a fake smile by her. Uh, she's really trying to hold it together. I, how crazy is you know, that some language? Families, what does that even say? You know, some families like have a, a baby. That they're all excited about. They they name it Nathan and believe Nathan's <laughs> gonna go on to do great things. Yeah. 
and uh, <clears throat> they already got the nursery ready. And, uh, you know, Nathan just dies in his crib one night. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's their sad life. But Miss Engle, yeah, no, Miss Englehorn here. Not until they read this story. No one has it as bad. Hell no. What a burden. <laughs> what a burden she has. All right, tell everyone should, where to find us. We should pray for her. I already have this whole time. <laughs> this this whole entire time. episode is a prayer. <laughs> we got to say amen at yeah. the end of it. You know, some kids in Djibouti, mm-hmm. their, their life, they're just walking around trying to find water. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to have that kind of simple life and not have all the worries of our everyday <laughs> of how to distribute struggle, you know, billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's much a simpler life just to try to find water, mm-hmm. you know, and then you've, then that's enough. <laughs> other people have other things to worry about after that. So, all right, man, let's go. Uh, I got to drive. I just feel bad for this. I know, uh, you know, it's hard to end a show on <laughs> such a sour note. <laughs> You know, can mm-hmm. we, are we going to have a moment of silence for her? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> stop. Let's go. <laughs> Leaving the live group is saying stop. <laughs> Fed Haters Club. If you want to be a part of that, go to joingmail.com. Joingmail.com to be part of the Fed Haters Club. You literally could have done that for another half hour, I bet. I know. I and never felt anything about it keep going at all. Watching stories. me squirming over here. <laughs> messing with cans that are empty and... Popping my pen over here. Join gmail.com, godhatesfeds.com, bernielies.com, goodmorningliberty.us. It's in the show notes. Just go click or don't. I don't care. Uh, buy a shirt or not. Um, there's hoodies out there. Whatever you want. Go find it. Support Liberty. Quit being a bunch of tight-pocketed. Be more like Miss Inglehorn well, here. Well, you know what they are. They're extremely selfish. Yeah. This, they need to fix that. Yeah. Like you Sally. Know, like Sally said. You need to find a burden <laughs> of, of millions of dollars to give away to Good Morning Liberty. Mm-hmm. How about we'll reach out to Miss Inglehorn here and so, we'll distribute it in the way it needs to be distributed. We could be one of the 50. Yeah. How disappointed are you going to be if they all agree to give it to the government? She'll be like, oh, dang it. What we need to do is set up an um, inheritance disbursement company. <laughs> there you go. Reach out to her and be like, hey, we know... You're struggling with this, as all of our clients do. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a big problem that not many people are talking about, but we understand. Yeah. We can distribute that money for you. Anyway, go do all the things I told you to do or don't. Share the show. If you do all that, we, we'll be back again on Monday for sure. Not uh, with Martin Luther King Probably. Jr. Day. Well, don't bleep. Oh, we're supposed to have done bleep we'll tomorrow. Done bleep tomorrow. Potentially. Yeah. Nate. We'll be fine. All right. We'll be fine. We'll see. Don't believe uh, tomorrow. Until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs> <laughs>